From the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and Sirius XM, this is the Work and Life podcast, which explores how to create harmony among the different parts of life, work, home, community, and the private self, your mind, body, and spirit. The conversation you're about to hear was originally recorded on the Work and Life radio show on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by Wharton. Here's your host, founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project and author of the bestseller, Total Leadership, Professor Stu Friedman. My guest on this episode is David Allen, who is the bestselling author of Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. David is a leading expert in personal and organizational productivity. His philosophy is based on the powerful, simple idea that your mind is for having ideas, not for holding them. David developed a readily grasped method, anybody can use this, for focusing on the present wherever you are, which, of course, is an essential aspect of a life in harmony. And when this idea is used by the people around you, it can really change the culture of whatever group you're in, your business, your family, group of friends. So listen to David Allen and learn from a person I consider to be a true guru of productivity. One quick note before we start. Just before David came onto the show, I had spoken to a caller on the radio show about uh, work commitments that some people have uh, and, and how they affect their vacation. This uh, interview took place over the summer. So that's why I asked David about vacation right off the bat. All right. Now, here is my conversation with David Allen. David, welcome to Work and Life, and thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Stu. Delighted to be here. Thanks. Good. So what is your take on the whole concept of a vacation? In- Bottom line is optimal state to be in in terms of being productive. And by the way, being productive just means producing what you want to produce. If you go on vacation to relax and you don't relax, it's an unproductive vacation. So let's, let's erase that thought that productivity means working hard necessarily. It just means producing desired results. Mm-hmm. But the optimal place to be able to do that is being present. And you know what you have to do to be present if you're walking on the beach on vacation, to be present, if you haven't checked your emails and you're distracted because you're wondering what's there, you darn better check your email so that you can be present when you walk on the beach. Mm-hmm. If you're walking on the beach saying, um, you know, in order to be present, I need to be able to shut down that world, then go shut down that world so that you can be present. So it's really about, well, what do you need to do so that you're totally present? You know, there was a period when I had a, a sailboat. I lived in Marina in, in L.A., had a sailboat, and that was the early days when cell phones were just, had just arrived. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people listening to this don't remember when there weren't cell phones. I remember, David. Yeah, yeah and they were big, clunky things. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I, I would take the cell phone out with me on the sailboat. People said, God, David, aren't you supposed to be sailing and having fun? I'm going, look. My cell phone allows me to be sailing out there, going to Catalina, and nobody knows that I'm doing that because I'm still doing business, and you know, and, and so I'm able to actually be anonymous because I'm still connected. So if you sort of catch that paradox, yes. it allowed me to be present. It allowed me to get on my sailboat. Of course, that I had the ability to be able to still 
connected and to be able to do that. Well, you could sort of disguise your location, right? You could be almost invisible, but still be very present. I think a lot of it is because, you know, I've just had a personal proclivity to having all of my life sort of being a holistic sort of thing. And Stu, I just so applaud the work you're doing because it's really about, you know, you, you know, when I say work, that just means anything you want to do that's not done yet. So uh-huh. it, they, I make, I've never made any distinction in my life between what people generally call work versus personal. It's just so, about the things that matter to you to, uh, to accomplish. Yeah, well, it's just what's next. Well, what's next? Kids, what's next? Put them to bed. What's next? Read this thing. What's next? Handle my email. What's next? Pay the bill. What's next? So it's just what's, what's, what's now. What you don't want to do is, is be you know, putting your kids to bed and, and talking to them, being sweet with them, and having email on your mind or a bill to pay on your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's what will disturb you. That's what will you know, create the kind of stress and that's that really you your prim- working against. I'm sorry. That, that that's really your primary offering, isn't it? As I as I take it, you're you've you've developed and refined over time and lots of trial and error. I'm sure a method that helps people to be present in the moment. That's it. And what what is you know for the for the uninitiated? I'm sure there are many people listening now who are devotees, and uh, I, I know for sure that there are there's some out there because some are members and of my family. By the way, family. is that your son Gabriel? I was wondering who. Who was listening? Because I heard that you 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 had progeny who were fans of my stuff. So. Yes, I, uh, Gabriel said that he was going to finally. This is my twenty sixth <laughs> show here. He's finally going to tune in because you're on, David. So thank you Hi, for Gabriel. <laughs> Hi, Gabriel, and dudes around you, or whoever's around you. You know, delighted to have you on. You know, well, nice to meet you, sort of semi virtually. Uh, th- thank you for that a shout out to to Gabe. Uh, yeah, no, he's a fan, and many of his friends and colleagues, and indeed mentors uh, at school, are uh, use your your ideas and tools. For the, for those who don't know uh, what it's about, can you give us just kind of the brief synopsis of um, the, the the essence of your method? You know, I'll, I'll give you a, the 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 one sentence version of it, which is both very simple, very practical, and at the same time pretty sublime. Which is, you need to pay appropriate attention. To what has your attention, otherwise it will take more of your attention than it deserves. Hmm. So what has your attention? You don't have to go very far. You say, well, look, what's on your mind? So those of you who've been listening to Stu's program since he started at the top of the hour, who've had your mind go somewhere else that had something else to do with them, the topic Stu and his guests were talking about, where did your mind go? If where it went was doing creative developmental thinking that was adding value to what you were thinking about, hey, dude, great, fabulous. But I'll probably, most of you have had your mind be distracted by something that, that prevented you from being totally present. Not that you should have been present. You know, I don't know. You know, Stu may not be the brightest light on the porch or who knows. Definitely not. But if you, but if you tuned in to listen to him but then got distracted from doing that, you just sort of denigrated your own ability to be fully here. So where did your mind go? I need cat food. I need to find God. I need a career. I, I need to pay that bill. I need to talk to my aunt about, you know, who knows. Where cat that food. Is. Damn it. I, that, I just reminded myself about cat food. So now what do I do with that thought? <laughs> David, what do I do? That's right. And if you don't handle that appropriately, you, have, you are inappropriately engaged with your cat. Mm. And you're in agreement with that. So oh, it's really about how do I create appropriate engagement with my life? So here's the big secret. What a great phrase. You and me. And all those intelligent, bright, sensitive, hip, and with it folks who are willing to listen to you. You know, getting things done is not about getting things done. It's about being appropriately engaged with your life. Mm. 
I mean, how many things are you and I do right now, and Gabe, and you and your friends? How many of you guys, how many of you are not doing things right now? How many things are we not doing? You know, hundreds, if not thousands. Countless. Right? And so the degree to which you feel good about that is the degree to which you say, I am appropriately engaged with cat and cat food. I'm appropriately engaged with my career. I'm appropriately engaged. So I just figured out the algorithm about what does it mean to be appropriately engaged. Say like, more what about What do I need that. to do? If I think I need cat food, mm-hmm. well, what do I do about that? Well, first of all, you have to capture the idea. And by the way, here are the, my big five steps. You know, you're the five steps for how to get a clear head. Right? You've got to capture what's on your mind. Capture. Not on cruise control. You know, write it down, record it, hand it to somebody, do something to get it out of your head. Secondly, decide what exactly that means to you. You're going to do something about it. What's the next step? Number three, park the results of that somewhere that, you know, you, 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 the right person or you will see it at the right time. Number four, you know, make sure you look at the list of stuff you need to get when you need to be there. And number five, you engage with yourself appropriately given, you know, all the stuff you've committed to do. So it ain't rocket science, mm-hmm. but it's something most people ha- are way, way, you know, haven't, haven't yet truly implemented. So, David, I wonder if you could pick up on the, the last thing you were saying about uh, engaging you know, appropriately with what matters and, and how difficult it is for most people to do that. Um, what is it that most people struggle with most in, in your experience? They're trying to keep all this stuff in their head. And your psyche is a crappy office. It's a terrible map room. You know, if you're going to go try to drive somewhere or sail somewhere or go somewhere, you need maps. You need a short-term map that tells you this, this territory. You need the appropriate maps. They're basically orientation tools. And most people are trying to use their psyche you know, inside their head as their orientation system, and it really sucks. It, it's not designed for that. Hmm. You know, since my first book was published in the last decade, a, a lot of the neuroscientists and, and social scientists and, and, you know, have actually – you know, now validated a lot of the underlying principles called your head is for having ideas, but not for holding them. It doesn't, mm-hmm. It's not designed that way. Evolutionary, your brain was not designed to remember anything. It was designed to recognize patterns, but not to recall them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of what I discovered on the street, mine wasn't, you know, academic research, mine was street smarts, mm-hmm. just discovering that once people actually got stuff out of their head, they had a much better sense of control and focus about what to do about it and what it meant and how to engage with that. And everybody listening to this right now at some point felt overwhelmed or confused a little bit and sat down and made a list and felt better. Yes. And if you reverse engineered that and figured out how come you felt better without anything in the world changing, you'd never keep anything in your head the rest of your life if you were smart. In other words, don't use your psyche as your your holding uh, place, but rather use it for creative work, uh, and for attending to what's right there. Yeah, it's it's for it's really for accessing as you know as you so so appropriately and 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 well done accessing. Wait a minute, what's really important to me? Mm. So you know if you're out on the beach and says, well, I should be dealing with email to get this off my mind. So yeah, but why is that on your mind to begin with? So right. I think Stu, you know you and your your elegant work has 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 really tackled. How do we get more smart about what are the agreements we've made at some of these deeper or more subtle or sublime levels with ourselves? Mm. And you need to get coherence with that. That still maps to my model because you still have to pay attention to what has your attention. But 
as I say, once you handle what has your attention, then you'll find out what really has your attention, which, by the way, once you handle, will allow you to really find out what has your attention, which, by the way, et cetera, et cetera. You can, so, go, you can go deeper into the things that are, and, and be inquiring about the things that are truly most important to you. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, that still maps to my model. So you, if cat food is on your mind, you know, you, you, like how come? Well, I have a cat. Why do you have a cat? Well, because I like a pet. Why do you like a pet? Well, because they open my heart. Oh, cool. So opening your heart's a cool thing. Yeah, that really is. Okay, great. So now we're starting to line up these kind of sort of ground-level, ordinary agreements with yourself. But there actually is a tag to those, to mm -hmm. those deeper levels. Mm -hmm. But most people aren't, aren't ready to listen to those levels because cat food is a lot louder than why I'm on the planet and what I'm here to do. So by clearing the space in your mind to be able to attend to those more important questions by capturing the stuff that's bombarding your attention, you're able to uh, better align what you care about with what you actually do. Exactly. And that's why, you know, it's funny. In my work, I tend to, I tend to be counterintuitive and kind of go bottom up instead of top down. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, if I sat down and said, look, you know, most people listening to this, if I said, take the next three minutes and, and, and write down every single thing that's on your mind right now, whatever's pulling or pushing on you right now, you know, just write it down. Just do a data dump. Just do a, a mind sweep right now. Very few people in their first 10 or 15 or 20 things are going to say, fulfill destiny as human spirit on the planet. <laughs> and yet, that's really the only project they have. What will they have written down? Well, most of you write down, oh, babysitter just quit. I've got to get a new one. Oh, my God, I've got to hire an assistant. Oh, I launch ad campaign, cat food, tires on my car. You know, uh, you know that's because – so my approach says, well, let's start with where you are, not with where you should be. Because if you can't appropriately engage with where you are, mm -hmm. trying to go with where you should be is just going to be spitting in the wind. It's going to create more guilt and frustration than mm -hmm. actual resolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but once, I, once, you, once, you, once you catch how to absolutely get anything off your mind, then it will allow you to elevate that thinking to the more subtle levels that you really exist at. But if you try to go to those levels before you can handle the, the execution and implementation level that you're here on the planet to do, Good luck. It's just uh, an impossible task you found, or very difficult, because those urgent matters are just competing for your mind share and not allowing those other questions to even be addressed. Well, you know, how long does it take you to really acknowledge what's important to you? And I've watched, you know, I watched some of your stuff on on on, on videos too, and you're you're great at at getting people to say, wait a minute, here's what's really important to me. But how long does it take people to learn to implement on those things as an ongoing habit? Mm -hmm. That takes two years. Mm -hmm. it, takes, you know, it doesn't take any time to change your focus or to acknowledge something that's important. But it takes quite a while to learn how to execute on that mm -hmm. and to make that your habitual approach. So that's sort of, that was my approach was to, okay, how do I address that? Because that seemed to be a big need out there. Hi, this is Stu Friedman. I hope you're enjoying this conversation, and I'm just so glad you're listening. If you like the Work and Life podcast, I would personally appreciate your taking just a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you access this podcast, whatever your favorite platform is. We are relatively new as a podcast, 
Uh, and our team is working really hard to bring you for free the best of the conversations that took place on my Sirius XM radio show, but were previously available only to paid subscribers. So every positive rating and review helps us to grow our capacity to move faster toward the goal of sharing useful information and insights about how to create harmony among the different parts of life with people who wouldn't otherwise have access. So please do help us. And if you have ideas for what we can do to improve our impact, please write to me at friedman at wharton.upenn.edu. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. And now back to the show. What I'd like to hear is the origin story, David, and, and how you did discover these these core ideas and uh, how you then formulated a method. I, I know it took you 25 years to write that first book. Can you give us the, the brief history of, of how this emerged? Well, early on, I, I discovered what I now refer to as the strategic value of clear space. And, uh, you know, I, I trained in the martial arts for several years, got a black belt in karate. You know, and a lot of the training there was, or some of the training there, once you get to higher levels, was how do you clear your head? How do you, how do you make sure that, that you're fully present? If four people jump in a dark alley, you don't want 3,000 unprocessed emails hanging on your psyche like, you know, crappy residue. So, you know, I, I discovered how it's a very practical sense of how do I get a clear head so I can focus in the present and, and be able to focus. So I, I sort of got attracted to that as an, as an idea, as a concept, as a dynamic. Got involved in the professional world. Kind of didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, so I had a lot of professions and ultimately found out I, I just like to go in and help people figure out how to do things easier than they were doing it because I'm just Mr. Lazy. <laughs> and then I said, you know, actually having a clear space, if you're going to cook dinner for people, you don't want to start with a messy kitchen. You're, wait, you're, wait, wait. You're, I, I got to stop you there, David. What do you mean you're Mr. Lazy? What does that mean? I'm the laziest guy you ever met. No way. I, 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 do, I sleep as long as I can. Yeah. I think passion is highly overrated. I'm not a motivational speaker. You know, I, I, I'm into how, with, how much, with how little effort can I walk across the room? <laughs> can I cook <laughs> dinner? Or can I make something happen? Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm into efficiency. Look, if you mm. like what you're doing, you want to be able to do it with less effort and be able to produce more results for your energy you put into it. Mm. If you don't like what you're doing, but you have to do it, you want to get it done as soon as you can so you can get on to the cool stuff. So, you know, efficiency's gotten a bad rap, but that's my game. Mm. I mean, come on. So, I, yes. so you know, efficiency, you know, laziness can take on lots of levels. I mean, I'm so lazy that my systems are set up so I don't have to have a thought twice or rethink something the same way twice. That's, that's lazy. Most people listening to this keep thinking about the same things over and over and over, not making any progress on what you think about. That's a pain in the butt, and that's a serious waste of your energy. Waste of energy. Yeah. And that's really the, the, the core of it. So, so you found you were good at and enjoyed helping people solve their problems. Uh, actually, I, I'm not a problem solver. Mm -hmm. What I do is help people clear their head because they have the solutions, not me. What I don't do is editorialize what they should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. I just get them clear because they know what they should be thinking about, not me. Of course, you but they don't have the you know they they list, there's too much noise in their psyche. So I I figured out how to help them clear the noise out. So uh, you talk about control and perspective as important yeah. elements uh, to 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 that solution of of having that clear space. Yeah. 
how do you, how, what's the essence of how you get there? Well, the essence of how you get control is, is, is how, do you, how do I create stability in any situation? And it's, I didn't make that up. I just, un, I just recognized it. It's how you get control in your kitchen or your company or your country. The first thing you do is capture what's not in control or what's not on cruise control. Look around your kitchen. Hey, I'm, I, hey it's out of, hey, there's, what's that crap there? What, what is that? What, wait, wait, what? So the first thing you do is recognize what's not you know, in, on cruise control. Mm-hmm. Second thing is decide exactly what it means to you. Is that something to throw away? Is that something I need to use? What is that? And, and what am I going to do about it, if anything? So you have the to make a decision. And organize the results. Fourth thing you do is look back and look at the whole game. The fifth thing you do is engage. So those five steps of capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage is how you get control of a meeting. It's how you get control of your head. It's how you get control of email. It's how you get control of your desk. It's how you get control of anything. So that's the control factor are those five stages. And each one of those has their own definable practice and their mm-hmm. own tools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it starts with capturing, seeing yeah. the reality of, of, uh, of what you're facing and, and what, what's, as you say, not on cruise control. Right. Well, that's why, you know, a lot of strategic things and important things for you and me and other people listening to this are not on your mind right now. Why? They're on cruise control. Right. So if you if you've got kids and your relationship with them is fine, they're not on your mind. Doesn't mean they're not important to you. Heavens no. It just means there's something that it's all okay. But if one of your kids or your relationship to them is on your mind, oh, mm, I got this issue, I have this conversation I need to have, or this thing came up and I'm worried about it, or I'm concerned, or here's an opportunity I want to share, whatever, whatever that thing is, you say, oh, wait a minute, that's not yet on cruise control. What do I need to do to relax that creative tension? And so all you have to do is start to pay attention to those things. So it, it's not rocket science unless you're building rockets. <laughs> but it, you know, that's... So it's really understanding that dynamic. So the first thing you have to do is identify them. As you know, come on, Stuart, you, you're, you're, you've been in this game a long time. If you can't deal with current reality, if you can't acknowledge what's true right now, you know, you're not going to have a lot of success in trying to go where you want to go. Nothing else works. So yeah. it really starts with identifying the reality and, and, exactly. and, and finding some way to capture the issues that need your attention. Exactly. And, and getting rid of the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, well, you don't need to get, it's already gotten rid of. If it doesn't have your attention, then mm. it doesn't have your attention. You know, that's all fine. But you, all you have to do is start to pay attention to, wait a minute, what's there? That's why when I sit down to coach an executive, first thing I do is call, get your head empty. Actually, first thing I do is look around the, your office and say, what doesn't belong there permanently? Because <laughs> those are good representations to, to start with. I saw a we, picture of your core cockpit in, uh, I, I presume, Amsterdam on your Twitter feed. Yeah. Very lean. Well, yeah, you don't need much in the cockpit. I mean, look at any jet, look at any whatever. You don't have a, you don't see a bunch of crap lying around there. Right. Right? So you Why? start... It matters where you're going and that you got the levers and dials and that you can work them. So you start with what question exactly? What has your attention? Yes. What's not on cruise control? So all you have to do is identify that and, and you know, make a list, write it down, uh, gather it together. You know, so that's the first thing. And it doesn't really matter where you where you gather, right? Uh, you're you're impartial as to uh, you know the tool that you use, just just so you have something, no, it right? Matter. I mean, a pen and paper you can't beat. You know, that's what I use. That's my basic collection tool because the batteries last a long time. <laughs> Wait, so you you have like a notepad? Oh, absolutely. You can see it right now. It's right in front of me. You don't you don't capture it on your uh, on your smartphone? Your your capture? No, no. It's too much. 
trouble. You got to turn it on. Then you have to then pull it. Then you have to pull it back, and you can't see it. I mean, you can do that, and sure, I'll do that every once in a while if that's the only thing available to me. But fr- frankly, I carry a little notepad in my wallet, which is with me all the time. Low that's tech. That's a lot easier to see, and it's in my face. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to then tear those off and throw them in my in basket in my face, so that you know I'm looking at a couple of notes right now, you know, from the last few hours that I will then empty out. You know, digital is okay, but very dangerous because out of sight, out of mind, and that's a huge black hole. Mm. The problem with the digital world is it gave you so many opportunities to put all kinds of crap everywhere. Ah, so so you've got dispersed collection baskets. Exactly. So you have to keep those, those collection buckets as simple as possible. You need as many as you need, but keep them as simple as possible and empty them regularly. So it starts with capturing what is capturing your attention and then clarifying what it means. Yeah. Is it something to act on? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. And if it is, what outcome are you committed to and what's the next action step? Next core action. Core questions, just core questions about anything. And yeah. by the way, if I walked into anybody's company or anybody's team or anybody's family, guess what I'm going to say? What has your family's attention right now? What has your team's attention right now? What has your board's attention right now? What has your, you know, whatever. The, the, the principles apply to an enterprise as well as they do to an individual. Hmm. But that's the first thing to do, but you can't leave it there. Otherwise, you have just big, a whole bunch of lists that then make you, make you feel more frustrated and, and overwhelmed. Right. So it's a holistic system. So you actually have to work it through the process so this becomes a functioning flow and a stream, not just a you know, backwater. And it can't be quite that linear as you describe it, right? It's it's got to be something that becomes probably something more like jazz once you once you develop the the the, the basic skills. Am I oh, right? Exactly. You know, is it time to do work? Is it time to define work? Is it time to capture stuff that might turn into work? And that's the that's the dance all during the day. Right. So that's where you're checking your email, and then you're actually going and cooking dinner, and then you're actually dealing with a kid that just showed up and cried, and then you're now you're now you're deciding, hey, here's an inspirational thing I want to write to my mother-in-law. Yada, yada, yada. And life is like that, but understanding where all those fit in the whole process, you know, that's what I sort of delineated with these five stages. So I can lay them out linearly as mm-hmm. a cognitive, you know, model, but mm-hmm. they, you're right, they don't happen cognitively during the day. Once you, once you get the best practices nailed down, you just do what you feel like doing. Right, and it becomes, I'm sure like, like playing a musical instrument, you probably get a lot better at it once you practice it and think about what's working for you and, and, and adjusting your method or your oh, yeah. use of it. And, and you customize it to your own life and work and your own style. You know, how often do you need to check email? Some people need to check it every 22 minutes to, to get a clear head, and some people need to check it every 22 days to get a clear head, and neither is right. You know, either is which, is which is the one that is most fits to how you are, who you are, what matters to you, and what do you need to do to keep your head clear? That's wonderful. I'm really so glad to hear that because that's uh, that's so empowering, right? To to ident- I mean, you're you're doing what you're preaching here uh, by you know meeting your client or whoever it is that's listening that you're trying to educate where they are, right? Yeah. And 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 not placing any kind of value judgment as to you know one particular way of uh, of of uh, of addressing the question of how to capture, how to clarify. How and when to reflect, or how frequently? It's really no, it really comes down, and people kind of get mad at me. They say, "Well, David, tell me what to do with this." I say, "Well, I don't know what that is. What I does w- that mean to you? Uh, what do you need to do to get that thing off your mind?" Mm. <laughs> and that's all I do. I just know 
how to tell them how to do that if they are wanting to get it off their mind and say, well, what you need to do is decide what it means to you, what action step you need to take, if any, and how do you park some reminder of that in some place you trust you'll look at at the right time. Ah, that will get it off your mind. T- so talk to us that about that. What, what, what's the key to uh, finding that, that place that you trust? Well, a trusted place means I've, I've got to park it somewhere that I trust I will look at or the right person will look at at the right time. So a trusted system also means your behavior about it. So it's mm-hmm. one thing to write down a list of the, here's the eight phone calls I need to make. It's another thing that you, when you're at a phone with discretionary time, you trust you'll actually look at that list. Hmm. So w- what do you do for that personally, if you can tell us? I, I just keep a list of people I need to call. It's just on a list called calls I need to make. Hmm. When I have a phone and have time, I pull it up and look at it. Simple enough? Yeah. Very low okay. tech. Well, it, it, you know, the technology, you can do low-tech, mid, mid-tech, or high-tech. I mean, low-tech simply means, look, physically let me put it in front of myself. And by the way, a whole lot of high-tech people are going back to paper planners. Really? Yeah. Because You're seeing the, that trend? The paper, the paper planner actually maps to the way your mind thinks and also puts the stuff more in front of your face and your consciousness so you can trust it better. And, you know, but, you know, I'm a digital guy. I love, I love the high-tech stuff as well. But it, it really doesn't matter as long as you have it in the right place. Well, our time is flying by here, David. And, and I want to make sure our listeners get uh, to know from you what, what are the most important things that you think the, you know, people need to know who haven't, who haven't been exposed to your ideas and tools for how to get started? You need a capture bucket. You need an in basket. You need some place that you can just throw ideas before you have to decide anything about them. So you need one place to do that. That's that's job one. Is you, and it, it could be just a list. It could be a, a a legal pad or whatever. A physical in basket is the best tool I've found. So you can just write notes and throw them in there. Hmm. And then the second thing is is don't let them lie there. And then just pick each note up and decide what's the next action. So if you just got stuff out of your head and said, what's the next action that I need to take to, to do something about or move the needle on whatever this thing is that I think I need to do if I need to do something about it. And those are two just absolutely critical keys of behavior. And if you just got those two things. So if you've got, say, 85 things in that basket, how do you start? Pick up one at a time and say, what's the next action? That's it. And, so you don't and, you don't make an attempt to try to prioritize which are the next actions that are no no you how could you prioritize so you get through the whole thing? Wow, and number eighty four may be more important than number two. So you better find out what all of it is, and not only that, if you only had ten minutes and your highest priority thing may may take an hour of discretionary time. Right. So if you only had ten minutes, your highest priority is to do something you can do in ten minutes. But you until you know what all those things are, you can't make a really good judgment call about how you use your time. So you really have to invest in in the the capture and uh, and review. Ultimately, Stu, come on, and everybody listening, you need your whole inventory. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the whole inventory of all your commitments, you will suboptimize how you're using your energy. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's an investment that you got to make if you're gonna if you're gonna start to be able to clear your mind. You've already made the investment. You're gonna screw up your investment if you don't do this. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Uh, so those are the essentials for starting. You've worked with so many people and seen, I'm sure, a great many truly life-transforming, uh, you know, uh, 
achievements in becoming, you know, more focused on the things that matter when they matter. Where do people typically fall off and, and how do you help them with that? <laughs> you know, I, I spent 25 years trying to figure out what I'd figured out and I figured I'll spend the rest of my life trying to answer that question, Stu. So it's a great <laughs> question. How do I get this to stick? Yeah. Well, ask Adam Grant, ask Howard Stern. I mean, these are two guys from the two different organizations you're involved with right now. You know, they're big champions of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear, you know, wow, life changing, and it's and you got to work at it. You know, to make it's like anything. You know, you really have to work at the habit of of really to do this because it, for some reason we don't seem to be born doing these kinds of of what seem to be obvious behaviors. It's actually something you have to learn to do and, and build habits about. So people fall off because people have a huge habit of keeping stuff in their head. And as soon as you, as soon as you don't have it all out of your head, you won't trust either your system or your head. <laughs> you won't trust either one. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, getting that habit you know, where you keep everything externalized instead of internalized in terms of your commitments, mm-hmm. that's a big one. That's where people really fall off a lot and fast. And also, people then avoid making decisions about, wait a minute, what's the next action on this, and what am I committed to finish about this? Hmm. People write things on their list called mom or bank or doctor or whatever, but what are you going to do about mom? Why, why'd you write it down? Oh, it's her birthday. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. That's right. <laughs> so, so it has to be in terms of an action. That's really they critical. They have to be in terms of, yeah, look, if you're committed to do something, what, what does done mean and what does doing look like? That's how you get things done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you need to, those are questions that are not obvious for most of the people listening to this right now. So you really, have to actually work at that. In other words, it doesn't show up automatically. Your brain does not automatically think of those things when the pressure and the tension, you know, of life comes at you. you, you your brain doesn't autom- think that way. Think, think what way? Outcome and action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to accomplish? How would I need to move toward that right now? Right. That that's that's the zeros and ones of productivity. Like, what am I trying to do right now? Mm-hmm. What, what I can mark this off as finished when what's true, or what's the very next action I need to take to move this forward? And those two questions and those two answers, believe me, can change cultures. We've seen it. What are you referring to there? Companies that start to ne- never let meetings start without going, what are we trying to accomplish by what time in this meeting? Mm-hmm. And they don't end conversations without going, so what do we just decide and what's the next action and who's got it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That can change a culture. can mm-hmm. change a family's culture. can change anybody's productivity if they embed just those two questions as part of their DNA of how they approach life. It seems so simple. And, and yet you say that, you know, many people find it difficult to, you know, to really sustain that, that effort and to keep that skill, you know, uh, alive and, and being honed with practice over time. So yeah. how, do you, how do you help them when, when you know, ugh, I just can't, I just can't. Yeah. I just keep coming back going, come on, you can do it. Come on. You know, just sit down. It only takes, people say, how long does it take to experience the value to this? I say about 30 seconds. <laughs> write down what's on your mind right now. Great. What's your next action on that? And watch people start to light up and watch their eyes get a glint in at the end and watch, their, watch them get back in the driver's seat of their life. Yeah, no, that is certainly what I see in my own work is, you know, so many people striving to gain some sense of control and your method is such an elegant way of getting that. Now, perspective is the other key concept, right? So control and perspective. Tell us why that's so important and what you mean by that and why it's so important. Well, perspective is the slipperiest and most valuable commodity on the planet. I mean, point of view, you know, is, you know, can change everything. 
so perspective, it's kind of like, well, uh, from what level am I viewing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it? And, you know, come on, Stu, you're involved in this work, you know, all the time with the, the stuff that I've seen of, the, of your work and, and, and how you're working with that. It's like, okay, guys, you know, at what horizon are we talking about our commitments with ourselves? So I and I nailed it down to six horizons. I couldn't get it any simpler than that. You know, all the way from the top one, which is, you know, why do you exist? What's your purpose? And what are your core values? But then bringing that down to what is your vision of that being implemented, and then bringing that down to so what do you need to then accomplish over the next you know period of time to make sure that vision happens? To bring that down to so what do you need to maintain so that your enterprise and your body and your life is healthy and balanced? To bring that down to what are all the projects about that you need to finish? To bring that down to okay, what are all the actions you need to take about any of that? Those are all those are six very different conversations. Mm-hmm. So those are the different perspectives. But it's hard to think at the vision level, for instance, if if the runway or the ground level has got you, you know, wrapped around the axle. So that's mm-hmm. why I say getting you know we'll take any in any one of those horizons is a, is a very important one that you need to, to tackle at some point if you want to feel totally comfortable about being present with what you're doing. So you can start at any one of those levels. Hey, you know, Stu, what do you, where do you want to be five years from now? And how are you doing? You know, it's talking to me right now what you need to do to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can, you can take any one of those horizons and sort of approach life through that lens. So, I, you know, it's a holistic model, but I just found those are very different conversations and nice to line them up, but also to understand which conversation you need to have when, with whom. Could you say just uh, 15 seconds more about that, about how you determine like where, you know, at what point on the horizon you, you help people to focus? Well, you know, if you're, if, you have, if you're married to somebody, they come home tonight and say, gee, dear, I've just been given a major career opportunity. We're going to have to move to Afghanistan for a couple of years, but it's going to be really cool. You're going to have a vision-level conversation about your life because you have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You have an opportunity now where you're going to have to lift up to a different horizon to make mm-hmm. a determination. Mm-hmm. Or you just got fired, or you just got promoted to a whole new level of life, or you just had kids, or your kids just, you just empty nested and they just left, or whatever. So many times life situations will force you to then move your horizon to a different level. The more you can proactively be thinking at those different levels, so when the changes in life show up out there, you're more ready to be able to engage with them so they're not on familiar territory, then probably the more elegant you'll be able to thread through you know, the rest of your existence. David, we are unfortunately out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a thrill, uh, and I've learned a ton from, from this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on Work and Life. My pleasure, Stu. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with David Allen. And perhaps you're now inspired to get organized in a way that you haven't before. So here is an invitation to you. Perhaps think of it as a challenge to you. Take a few minutes sometime in the next day or so. It could just be five minutes. To take a brain dump. That is writing down the 15 or 20 or 25 things from any part of your life, your work, your family, your stuff you got to do with your friends, anything that needs doing, even small stuff like buying cat food or milk. Just write down these things that need to get done in some important place where you can capture them, where you know you won't lose it. So you don't have to think about it. It's on this list. And then set 10 minutes aside some days later, three or four days later, to just look at that list 
and then choose which ones are most important. Just try that and see what happens. And then if you're up for it, write to me and just let me know what you discovered. I'd be very interested to hear. You can write to me at friedman at wharton.upenn.edu about that experiment in doing a brain dump, if you choose, or anything you've heard about or want to know more about on this podcast. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find our podcasts featured on thriveglobal.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work and Life. This conversation was originally recorded on my weekly radio show on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Tune in for live broadcasts of Work and Life on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more about today's guest and about previous guests, check out our blog at workandlifepodcast.com. Join the conversation by tweeting at Stu Friedman. And for more ideas and tools for creating harmony among the different parts of life, check out our website, totalleadership.org, and my book, Total Leadership, Be a Better Leader, Have a Richer Life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends, family, and coworkers. Until next time, I'm your host, Stu Friedman, and I thank you for joining me.